Yo, 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 and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. <laughs> that was disgusting. That's staying in. That is going to stay yeah. in. You know it's going to stay in. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest with us. We have Luca Massetti via Australia. Um, he's here to talk some Australian hoops. Talk some Australian ambassador. Australian Just Hoops ambassador. <laughs> Our marketer. Uh, Chief marketer, marketing <laughs> executive, actually. He has Social gotten media more managers. subs in one month than we've ever gotten before. But it's a great honor to have you in our humble abode, even though you guys cannot see it. We brought Luca to the crib. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> Just trying to. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Welcome. You should ask me anything. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Nah. My day's my day's going good. Talk to us about so your day a little bit. As as you guys mentioned, my name's my name's Luca. I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm 17. Currently attending a school that I cannot name for legal reasons. Um, <laughs> um, I came to America with hopes and dreams of playing college basketball and I grew up in the Australian system and um, yeah it's been it's been a year and it's been a great experience so far very nice intro uh, for yourself Uh, do you want to start the questions now we asked how your day was (laughs) so (laughs) the day started off great (laughs) 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 got in the gym First of all, Josh, skip conditioning, which, you know, that's a, di- that's a different topic. No conditioning was done today, which is an L, but um, got in the gym, you know, played some ones, won every single spot, which was great. Cap. Uh, anyway, got in the car, right, uh, went to the mall, then went to get back in the car, and the battery had died. And I basically just sat there for the next five hours while these two tried to fix the car <laughs> and that's my day it's it's been it's been great honestly we're just trying to show you a little bit about life man teach you some things teach you what to do when your car dies yeah, lo- <laughs> <laughs> or what not to do when your car dies. every time we have a podcast we have technical difficulties but today we had actual we had actual auto difficulties <laughs> so, something worse um but yeah that Start some questioning? Start some questioning. So, um, could you just, like, outline a little bit of what, like, some major differences between American youth system, since you've been in it for two years a little bit, and then Australian youth system, just basketball-wise? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. It's, it's really different, and the fact that we don't have AAU, we don't have travel ball, and high school ball really isn't big. Um, it's based on like your club, like you play, I think it's like sort of European-ish, like you play for your club, you try out for a club and you stay in that system until you're under 18 and then if you're good enough, you play semi-pro, pro, and that's just how it goes and the best kids, um, if you make it to the top, you know, 1%, you go to uh, NBA Academy and you probably play college basketball and that's, that's sort of how you climb the ladder but it, it's really different and I think um, 
what makes it so different as well is there's a lot less sparse there's a lot there's a lot more competition here than there is over there um there's a lot more spots um over here but there's also a lot there's there's a lot of uh, it's very competitive to get anywhere over here yeah like the top two percent make it or whatever yeah yeah it's college basketball it's it's uber competitive and it starts when you're really little over there everything's a lot more chill i'm not gonna lie like no one really grows up with like yeah i'm gonna play college basketball i'm gonna go to the nba we grew up like with we're gonna play club basketball we're gonna play in the olympics we're gonna play for australia like the dream is to play for australia or like i'm sure that's sort of how it works in europe but not many people not as many people grow up with oh i want to play in the league i want to play like i didn't know what what even was the nba like i didn't I was like, I see the Olympics. I don't see the NBA. Is that the same for the NBL too? Like our team, like kids growing up, they're more. I think now it's so different because the NBL has like really evolved. But um, uh, no one really knows about the NBL. Like when I was growing up, like going through the youth program, no one goes to NBL games. Like it's now it's completely different and. They've gotten so much publicity and so many stars like Lamella Ball, RJ Hampton. They get them every year. Josh Giddy. So people are, people are dreaming like I, I want to do this. But when I grew up, like no one really cared. No one watched it. Um, yeah, it was it was still like the NBA was more popular. But even then, the NBA wasn't that popular because it wasn't that accessible. So you were saying it's more chill. Like, so for youth development, like, was it because we were talking to somebody about how the development is very meticulous in Europe, where like, you will work on one skill until you get it right. And it's a habit. Is that similar in terms of how the Australian youth, youth development is? Yeah, we definitely, we definitely train a lot more than we do in America. Like, we like if you're on a club team you train three times a week and you only play one game a week which is very different to here where you've got an au team where you can play you can play six times in a weekend and only have one training session if any it's it's crazy you you'll play a travel ball season of 50 games and train probably five times with your team whereas in places like australia and europe with the club you train a lot more than you play which is good and bad i think it's bad for america because no one really cares about losing it's sort of just like oh did were my highlights good um but in in but also like in these countries you don't like australia you don't get enough games in and that can be a problem as well um do you see that what was the adjustment like, like between coming over to like? Well, the adjustment was tough, especially because um, during COVID, the lockdowns hit hit Sydney really hard. I didn't really play for like a year, and then I came here. Everyone's a lot bigger. Everyone's a lot more athletic. Um, you really have to compete every single day, and you really have to play hard. Otherwise, like everyone's just bigger, stronger, faster. You're just gonna get stomped on. Um, but uh, other than that, like it's, I've adjusted pretty well. It's been so much fun and it's just a lot more basketball. 
which is great. You were just saying in the last answer about like in America, it's not as much win and lose. It's more individual. What do you think within like I know the youth system in the U.S. I think it needs to change 100 percent. Like I think like there there is an issue of just competitiveness. There's an issue about kids not even knowing what it means to being in the gym and getting better. Kids are more worried about going in the gym and learning how to do an MBA, like learning how to do a step back rather than learning how to just step in, catch and shoot jumper because it's too basic and boring. But like growing up in your development system, what are some things that like created that competitiveness naturally? Or do you think it was just the lack of games that like every time you went out there, it meant more? Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is. I think um, every time you went out, it's like, all right, I, I only have one game a week, and every single day at school, you're looking forward to Saturday or Sunday or whatever. So school games would be on Saturday. Club games would be on Sunday. So you just, like, the whole week, you just look forward to the club games. You train your butt off so you'd play. And that, that was it. And then after Sunday, you have to wait till the next Saturday to play again. So every single time you got in the gym, it meant something because, like, I'm trying to play – I'm trying to win those two times I get on the court this weekend. And that was the mentality. And I definitely think, like, AAU is a problem because kids are practicing their step-back threes um, when they can't make left-hand layups, and that's <laughs> that's a problem. Was that a shot? That, uh, <laughs> that might have been a shot. <laughs> what, what about the four-dribble combo? The four dribble combo <laughs> is probably one of my favorite moves. That is a just hoops uh, like it's trademark. It's coming out. It's coming out uh, on the Instagram reels. The tutorial. Just <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> the four dribble combo. I've been working out with Josh and Jacob this whole summer and. You know, it's been great, but, you know, some of the drills have been a little bit sus. <laughs> 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 that's, that's, that's how the training world is nowadays. Well, he's, he's, getting, he's getting his footing. He's getting back in, back into his form. He was a little rusty. hundred uh, percent. Some good. Yeah. We, we, find, we found yeah, our... Uh, we did great week. Found our groove. Um, so you said uh, um, that kids don't really, uh, like, in Australia, the NBL is still growing. Mm -hmm. um, what are some obstacles you think, like that, they could get it more involved? Either the NBL or NBA. Do you think like the, the obstacles are politics, which I feel like is everywhere. But especially these clubs, like the dads are coaching the, the kids at most of the clubs, which you know creates some biases. Um, and also, there are there are rules in place, like import rules. You can't move clubs. Um, like once you're at a club, you kind of you kind of have to stay at that club, um, unless you're good enough to be an import somewhere else. Which are like the team can only take two imports. I think it's one now. So a team can only take one import at a club, but there's a lot of kids trying to move. So you know, you. It's 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 not a perfect system, but I think I think it's a pretty solid system. Also, I I changed the fact that you don't you only played like ten games in the club system in our club system. I know in Europe it's probably way more. Um, 
Yeah. So, with that, um, are the clubs not connected then to, like, a pro team? Like, or are they? In, a, in Sydney, they're not connected to a pro team. But because I know in Europe they the, are. Like Europe is Europe, like in pro Europe team and then yes. it's like U sixteen yes. U they technically yes. Technically yes. It is connect, most of the clubs are connected to a pro team, but they are semi pro. All these clubs gotcha. like you they're like they have a U twenty three and then they have like an MBL one, which is like basically the D League of the MBL. Gotcha. Um I I guess when we're talking about obstacles as well, like school ball is completely different. Like, not every... Sorry, I, I'm just talking about in my state, New South Wales, there are 10 private schools and one public school that run basketball, basically. They're the only schools that are good at basketball. Um, that's an obstacle, because if you can't pay for school, you're not, <laughs> you're not playing school basketball. You're not playing competitive school basketball at most of these places. And that's, that's a real big issue. I know in places like Melbourne where people like Ben Simmons grew up, they played for like Box Hill. They have a lot of public schools that are good at basketball, but that's not that's not the case in my state and in many others. So um I know previous like before you showed me like those pictures of those training groups of like Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels, all these like up and coming big guards from Australia. What was like what was that like the company like that's almost like the training group. That's 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 NBA Academy. That's their NBA Academy. So okay, I'll st- the system sort of goes like this: um, if you're the best, if you if you're a top ten player in the state, you're on the state team. Those the seven or so states, I think it's like seven of them compete, six or seven, they all compete against each other. If you're one of the best out of there, you have a chance that you'll get a scholarship to the NBA Academy. So these are the players like Dyson Daniels, Josh Giddy, Aaron Baines, Tyrese Proctor. <laughs> you know, they they, <laughs> they 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 all they're all in this group. And I think it's in Africa as well. I think it might be in South America as well. And they just get the best kids. And those those are the kids that really, you know, they have the chance to make it in America, but everyone else you know, they kind of get left behind unless they go on their own. Do you think so? Like, I know the NBA Academy, Africa, South America, like Australia has developed so much recently in terms of like their basketball acumen. And especially like they're starting to be more and more pros in the NBA from the NBL, from just growing up in Australia. Do you think that the NBA Academy might not be there much longer because of how fast Australia has evolved in terms of basketball. That, like, I know the NBA Academy was put in place more as, like, a development tool to give, like, these certain countries and continents, like, higher-level basketball and higher-level, like, learning and development. Do you think because, like, the NBL has grown on the scene. Like, there's noise, and I know a lot of it has been because of, like, the LaMelo Ball, RJ Hampton coming and playing. But at the same time, like, homegrown talent in Australia has grown substantially, I feel like. Do you think that the NBA Academy, its purpose might not be as useful now? Well, I feel like there are a lot of options 
for kids that are that high of a status that they can go to the NBA Academy, like the Ben Simmonses of the world, they go to America. The Josh Green, he, at the time, like, I think he was at the NBA Academy for a year before he left, or maybe he never got it. But I know for sure Ben Simmons would have had a chance to go there, but he decided to go to high school in America. So I, I don't think, I don't think the, that people, like, Australians want to go through with these other options because they want to stay in Australia. So I feel like the talent will definitely stay at the NBA Academy. I feel like the people that go to high school in America, they're usually half American anyway. Um, but the Josh, Josh Giddies of the world, his dad might be American, but he, he's an Aussie kid, always wanted to stay there, stayed there as long as possible. And um, they train at a place called AIS, the Australian Institute of Sport, and that's been there for as long as anyone can remember. I don't think it's going anywhere. So that was just more of a question about like the future of over there. I, th I think in the future, the AIS and the um, NBA Academy is just going to keep growing. I think they're just going to keep getting more and more talent because the standard is getting really high. And um, especially with NBL one and NBL getting so big, I think kids are growing up like I want to do this. And this is possible for me. There are pathways, so I really, you know, keep working. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. Um, so we're talking about all these guys like Dyson Daniels, Josh Giddy, um, and Tyrese Proctor. Uh, <laughs> is there a reason why there's a ton of like six, 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 seven? point guards coming out of Australia. <laughs> I have no idea what they're feeding these kids, honestly. Like, it's do they, do they, like, they find, like, are they, they are, have they, are, have they all had, like, the same story where they grew up small and then they just had a crazy growth spurt, or, or do they train them as guards? They've always been, they've always been guards, that's the thing. Like, I know, I know Giddy's always been a guard, Ben Simmons already's you know, he's not very popular now, but he's, he's like, growing up in Melbourne, That he, when he played rep basketball, when he played club basketball, his dad made sure he was always a guard. And that's just how he grew up. And he ended up being a monster because he was 6'10". I'm like, it's insane. And I think they definitely, they definitely go for kids like that. Like, there's not a lot of small people at the NBA Academy. They, like... That's what, uh, with the going back to more of the development side of things, like the youth development, is everyone trained that same way? Like everybody has to be able to dribble, pass, and shoot, or is it more positional, like the U.S., where like if you're, say, like you're in fourth grade and you're like a five ten and you're towering over everyone in fourth grade, you're gonna be trained to be a five man and you're gonna have your post hook and stuff. And then if you're four ten, four ten in fourth grade, you're going to be the guard, like point guard. It's the same. It is. Oh, okay. I think it's the same everywhere. Well, that's what actually in Europe we were talking, and they do. Everyone gets the same thing. Like everyone. That's why like Jokic such a great passer. Like these big guys can handle the ball and pass very well, and also shoot. Because in Europe, it's like everyone has to be able to do everything. Everybody's trained the same regimen. Everybody. Once you get older, it gets more like positional based, where like you have to have a better post game if you're like six eight, 
as like a 16, 17 year old, but like growing up, it's like you got to be able to pass, handle, shoot, and make decisions. That's what like hearing about the European development system is like that should be more spread because it makes you a better all around player at the end of the day. And you also understand the game better because you're put in situations to make decisions across the board. Like if you're like for me, I grew up a big and I, I ended up six, three, like there's no, like I, I should have been able to make decisions. Like I know I didn't have the body or anything to be put on the perimeter, like put in different situations where like, I feel like I would have been a better off player like when I was playing, but like for you two, like if you guys are able to see what it's like to be on the porch, to be in the drop zone, floating the paint, I feel like you just have a better overall feel for what that person is thinking when you're attacking because you two are some undersized guards. Like if you get an angle on attack and you see the big shaping up, you're like, oh, I know why. He, so that means somebody's coming over. I should hit him. Like that's yeah. what it gives you just like a different perspective while you're playing. That's why I think it's awesome. Like that's what like for me moving forward, I think everybody should be able to do everything. Like I don't care if you're seven two or six, five ten. Like I know it's not realistic for a seven two guy to move like a five ten guy, and vice versa. But like if you can make decisions, pass and dribble at any position, that makes you so much more valuable. I hundred percent agree with that. And, like, that's personally how I grew up. Like, I grew to 5'10 pretty early. And it's like, all right, you're big. Like, this, you're going you're gonna to rim run, you're going to grab rebounds. Like, that's, that's what I did. Um, and I just, you know, it didn't grow that much from that, which, you know, it happens. But I, 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 <laughs> I think I'd be a completely different player if I grew up like that, like, pass, dribble, shoot, just, like, reading every position. Uh, and I think that's where the game is going now. It's just like p positionless basketball. Like even in the NBA, you've got like six, four dudes running around playing center, and like shout out Jay Sean Tate. <laughs> shout, shout out Jay Sean Tate, PJ Tucker, like that type. And you've got like you're playing four guards at one time, which is crazy. And you've actually made it like it's it's so different that these seven footers. Uh, like liabilities now like you can't actually have them on the floor at some points because they they'll just get run off the court um we were talking a little bit earlier about that uh like social media like influence on kids do you see that without being in that type of pro setting like europe has do you see that kind of becoming an issue in australia for the youth system i think there's I th that's that's an interesting question. I think I think we're going more towards like the USA side of things, where we're starting to see these big Instagram pages pop up, like the Ballers' Lives of the World, and oh, what what are the other ones like Slam Overtime? Yeah, Overtime's a big one. We're starting to see that in Australia, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because people see it and it just promotes playing basketball. It promotes like love loving basketball but there's another side to it where it's just like you know is is this good for the kid like what i'm only playing basketball now so i can like dribble through someone's legs and you know shoot a step back three so yeah there's two sides to it that's what like there's always like for us growing up like when overtime started we thought it was the coolest thing yeah. you didn't i would never watch like 
I thought you didn't watch Ball's Life highlights and stuff. Like some, but I thought it was I like it's not like I thought it was stupid. I was just like, okay. Really. Obviously, growing up, I was like, okay, I want to be on that someday, but like, it's not like I would watch it religiously. I didn't watch it re- like we're watching CrossFit and Buttery Bros religiously, but like, I I mean like when it came on like Instagram and YouTube, like I thought it was cool at first because I was like, yo, like these guys are playing basketball and it's like fun and it, they're my age, like this is what I'm competing against. Like you're seeing uh. Uh, J- uh, Quinterly, um, like you're seeing those guys, and it's like yes, and then like when you see that kids are developing and wanting to be Jelly Fam or Slam Jam or whatever it was, like that's <laughs> where it hurts. Yeah. Now the the thing with me was like I saw kids my age and I was like, why can't I do that? Like, oh, 100. That's that's that was my mindset when I saw that stuff. Like I would get not so much jealous, but like I'm like. Like, why can't I be there? Like, that type of thing. Right. I guess I had a different mindset. Like, I just saw it, and I was like, this is my competition. I'm going to just work. Like, they're on here playing and playing live. I'm going to be working. Like, is that good for the kids, though? I think if it's a goal that, to be on overtime in terms of, like, being on their social, I think it's not a good goal. I don't think it's very good for the kids. I think they get a really big head and they don't stay grounded. And I think it can ruin people. Not because you, you you get it. You hate like you've got people on the internet who are hating on fourteen-year-olds, like mm-hmm. who are really who are really talented. And then on the other end, you've got people praising these fourteen-year-olds like they're god, which you know that that can that can screw a kid up like mentally. Not only that though, but like. If, like, say, like, a 12-year-old now sees somebody, a junior in high school, and all that they post nowadays is just 360 dunks, like, weird, crazy layups, uh, like, step-back threes. Like, they're going to be like, I'm going to want to do that, and they're going to skip over, like we were talking earlier, skip over all the fundamentals, all of the early foundation that you have to lay to get to that point, and it's just going to mess up the American youth system. It already has. It has. It's going to get down to, like, early stages. Like, it's still a newer thing that, like, it didn't really, like, bother us as much as it's going to bother now, like, 10-year-olds. I think it hurt you guys more than it hurt me, though. Because, like, looking, like, think about, our, like, our workout group. I'm not going to say names, but, like, even if... Even if you look at camps, like you just went to hoop group, yeah. How many kids there? Like that, like a few hundred. Obviously, have no idea how to play basketball. Oh, like most of them. That's what I mean. Like I'm not saying that. Like in terms of, like shouting, like the workout group, they work hard, they're developing, they're trying. But I mean, like you go on a broad scale internationally. Things are screwed up. Like, everybody's more worried about the likes, comments, how many people are on there. And that now you have NIL. You can be 12 years old making money if you're big on overtime or if you're big on... So are you against NIL? I'm against it to an extent. I think college athletes should make money. I think how it's happening is it's becoming recruiting. And it's becoming a a way for companies to take advantage of kids 
because I also don't think parents see it correctly, and I think parents are also pushing for NIL in terms of, like, I have, like, who was the kid that was, like, a junior in high school, the basketball player, that made, like, he got, like, a $1 million deal. I think the overtime stuff is ridiculous. Like, I think overtime went too far. Huh? Well, Bronny's LeBron's kid. I don't think that matters too much. Is it William? Mikey, Will- that's who. He made, like, a ton of money off of NIL, and he... Good on him. Yeah, huh? That's the, it's good for him. Though. It's good, like I'm saying I'm not taking it away from him, but I mean like, y- this it's a kid that was put in a situation where he was big time on social plat like social media platforms rather than being on a huge stage. Like that's where I think it's weird because I don't think you should be eligible as like a say you like you're a 16 year old athlete in high school. Like shouldn't you just be having fun and getting better? I think college is different because you're basically used by the system. You're used by, like, you're recruited. It's a business at this point. Like, how Mm. college works here, there's money involved for everyone now. So it's a business. Like, I think that that's completely sane and it makes sense. But I don't think that at the high school level you should be paying kids to play necessarily as a motive. I think it should be, hey, like, I love basketball. I love football. I love whatever sport you do. And I'm going to just go out there and have fun and try to get better every day. And then the money will come rather than, oh, I'm trying to get on overtime. Oh, I'm trying to blow up on slam. I'm trying to blow up on this, that, and the other thing and then get some money out of this. Like, that's not, like, worth it, I think, to me. And it takes the love and joy of the game away, you know? A hundred percent, but some of these kids, like, they don't come from very much. Their parents probably don't have very much. I think it's great. I think it's, like, if you're talented and you've, you've worked your butt off your whole life, you may as well make make money out of this. In the same way that the colleges are going to use the kids, like, <laughs> you know, you may as well use your own name. Make some money. That's I I agree with Jacob, though, like, with the, the part where the, it should be only college kids like now like you're going you're going out like there's companies are going to if you don't have the right people around you companies are going to like do something like just try to get their a better product for themselves they're not looking out for the kids so like i think once college like college will come then you could start but again it is a recruiting thing like they just have to have a better system in place that's like i i, I like nil i like it for the the kids that don't come from a lot of money but they're very talented at their sport um but there just needs to be a better system in place for the ncaa for them to not use it to buy kids on the same lines with the development system how about um like the overtime league, the the big baller league. Like I know the that that one ended, right? I don't know if it ended or not. The big baller league. But like, I think that that is so weird because like overtime elite league, you're basically snagging these kids out of school. You're like, and education matters to an extent. I think you should get your high school, like get high school degree, like not degree, diploma. And that could at least... They do get a diploma. 
Do they? They still go to school. They, they they still apparently go to school. I didn't know that. I just assumed that they were pros, basically. They are pros. They're getting paid. But they they get a diploma and they get their college played, paid for, but the only problem is they won't ever get a basketball college experience. Um, I think it's interesting because, you know, people have also been going overseas, like to Australia, to the NBL. I think it's sort of the same thing, except it's it's mostly on Instagram with the overtime elite. Like I, no one's no one's coming to watch the overtime elite games, but millions of people will see it on Instagram. Millions of people will see, oh, this guy pins someone off the top of the backboard. Like millions of people will see that on Instagram, but I don't know how many people are actually going out to watch it. The thing with uh, I don't like because of the. Um, academic institution that will not be said um the rumors about like the education that we get mm. there mm. um i don't want to say like there's a place in bradenton florida <laughs> i don't i don't want to say that, that he's like, referring to i don't want to say that the overtime league is like not getting the education that like they should like mm. i'm sure they get it. i'm sure they get what they need to do to graduate yeah but like is it really an education probably not that's okay what about, um, like, I know this deviated out, like, beyond Australia, but, uh, what about, like, yeah, that's what the social media thing, we just, like, we we were talking about it a good bit today, just, like, it sucks. Like, it's ruined so many things. Yeah. But my question was going to be about the, uh, next, the, uh, what, what is it? So uh, the NBL, the Australian Basketball League, has a program called the Next Stars. Um, they've been running this for a few years now, and they've been able to secure the likes of Lamella Ball, RJ Hampton, a um, few others. I don't know if you know Didi Lazada. He's in the NBL. Yeah, played for the Pelicans. Um, three guys, I think two just got drafted. Out of the Next Stars program, they were both French. Usman Dieng and Hugo Besson, they just got drafted out of the Next Stars. So it's been wildly successful over like the past few years. And it has presented itself as an option other than going to college. And I think that's partially why the Overtime League has become a real deal. And also the D-League. The, the D-League Ignite. G-League Ignite, my bad. Um, I think... The NBL definitely was a huge reason behind both these things and, like, the money they're able to pay these kids because I think they want to keep them in America. They really do because, you know, they, it's a lot of money. Like, LaMelo Ball had the highest attendance for a game. He only played 11 games. But when he played, the stadium was packed. There was, like, 18,000 people at an NBL game, people who didn't even watch basketball, didn't even care. They they needed to see Lamella Ball, and you know, um, I feel like it's a great it's a great option for for international players. It's an English English speaking country. They're getting paid, and they play against grown men every single day. And I think that's a difference between the overtime league. Um, they play against grown men. Um, they play against pros. No, back to like that. I feel to add both the social media and that next program. Um, I feel like that's a good side of social media. Like 
the MBL grew because LaMelo Ball went over there because he was such mm. a big social media sensation mm. that helped the Australian league, and now they're mm. on an upward trajectory. That's what that and the Ignite, I think, are prime examples of how you can develop youth without the big flashy things. Mm. Like, mm. yes, LaMelo get brought in people and brought attendance and really, like, put the NBL on the American, like, on the American side of things, like, you knew what the NBL was after LaMelo went there. Like, you yeah. actually, like, you watched highlight. You sought out the league. You sought out highlights on YouTube. You, like, actually mm. wanted to see what it was about. Mm. And then I think more, like, scouts and people in the NBA were going over there and finding these yeah. other pros, finding yeah. the Jock Longdale, uh, right? Jock Landale. Landale. Like, finding those, like – Finding guys that are NBA caliber players that were playing in in Australia, yeah, and like that side of things, I think is awesome. The G League at night has done an awesome job. Like nobody watches the G League, nobody wa- like you have to be a deep hoop junkie. Like yeah, I watch the G League. I'm proud of it. But like, um, you have like the guys that compete and play against grown men trying to earn a living trying to earn their bonuses trying to make it support to their family yes. at this point like put food on the table and you're a kid try, playing against that on a nightly daily basis you're gonna get better and your put your coaches are pros that's where i think the issue with the overtime there's issues with like even um, to be honest college basketball college basketball is screwed up now you got the conferences shifting you got all this happening Mm -hmm. and now conferences are kind of getting blown because they're not making as much money because the athletes are making money now like there's so many different players in college basketball to the point where it's hurting itself and i think the system's going to shut down within our lifetimes like i think it's going to get rebooted but I think that these other options, Europe even, like going to Europe and playing in Europe as a like going out of high school to Europe to play for a year or two, develop and grow, like that is a phenomenal option. Like I personally would pull for that. If you're one of those guys, do that. Like if you are one of the top talents, 100% go for it. Yeah, it, it gave it. I think Lamella Ball, for example, it really gave him so much credibility. To be able to go over there and do what he did in that league, um, you know, because at the at the time I think he was just coming off like the big bowler league or whatever he was in. Wait, what, what did did he play in Europe? Where did he play in Europe? Lithuania. He played in Lithuania, Lithu- like a third a third league, like not even the top league. I don't I don't know what he was playing in Lithuania, but he he, <laughs> and then he came to America and he was doing the big bowler thing with Leandro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he went and to NBL. everyone just kind of laughed at him and, like, didn't really take it very seriously. I think he did Spire as well. Spire gave him a little bit more credibility. He showed out over there. And then once he came to Australia and people realized, oh, my God, the same stuff he was doing in the big baller league where he was drumming it through his legs, like, a thousand times and pulling from half court. Like, it's, it's real. Like, that's him. Like, he can really do this. Like, he can go. And that's, you know... He just his stock just skyrocketed it. Do you have any more like questions about development or anything? I wanted to ask something about the Olympic team, but I can't think of it right now. Do you have any question like 
how uh, just like not so much development, but like for the Olympic team, like is it more so just pride for your country, or is it like people trying to get jobs too? No, it's a hundred percent pride for yeah. your country. That's like they don't get anything because I feel like they were like the Australia watching the Australian team. They look like a ton of guys like that like had one common goal like yeah they they really they really care like like that's the because you grow up and you dream like i want to win a gold medal i'm sure like all these european players they did the same like luka Doncic, like i want to win a gold medal i think that would mean more like you know more if not the same as like um our nba championship like tony parker probably grew up the same way like i want to win a medal for france or whatever no, like, that's that's the thing with, like, the U.S. team. Like, they have no pride. Like, it's just, like, them going to play some more, like, summer basketball. They, like, they, they treat do. it like the, they, they treat it like they the do, Drew League. They do, have, they do have pride, but they don't. It's they, the I new think teams, they but, like, you got LeBron. I think definitely you look back 10 years ago, you got Kobe on that team. Those Kobe, teams, those Dwayne teams Wade, like, they really care. But nowadays, like, they couldn't get it. They were, like, almost, like, begging players to, like, join the league this past year. Like, that could have been with yeah. COVID. That was, like. The feeble, the feeble World Cup, complete disaster for the U.S. They came like seventh. I remember watching them live in um, Australia, and they lost to uh, they lost to us, which was crazy. It's like the first time they were beaten in a few years. Um, that team basically had NBA bench players on on the Olympic team, which is like that's what for I know for the FIBA team. I know for the qualifiers and World Cup and stuff like that. They, like, will send borderline NBA guys. Yeah. I think every uh, – Australia does that. They send – Oh, okay, send, okay. Like, their fourth, fifth team, which is still incredible players. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's just to qualify. Yeah. But um, with that, I think I think the U.S. had pride. I think it was more of a COVID thing. I think 100%. I think it was more of just, pride, like, the season, the NBA season the same. ran, like, into – the prep for the Olympics, and then that's what caused the problems. I kind of said that wrong. I meant like, because they're they the players up, that they don't play. grow up the same way. Yeah, they don't grow up the same way. They grow up. They grow up like I'm gonna make millions of dollars. I'm gonna play in the NBA. I'm gonna play in front of hundreds and thousands of people. Not uh, I'm gonna win this this medal. Yes. Yeah. Um. Now the like the players that played for like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker were a week off or two days off of the finals yeah, and they had to fly crazy. out <laughs> to so Tokyo crazy. like that's that's like but like it's just different like the growing up like watching yeah. those like those are the people that you look up to like the here it's more so like look up to those NBA players that are getting 500 million dollar contracts I think now. that's going to be a big change now because Australia is getting those NBA players that are like getting the big contracts and people are seeing that back in the day we had a guy called Andrew Gaze who was like borderline NBA one of the best one of the best like Olympic players one of the best scorers and everyone looked up to him and he he wasn't in the NBA he was in the NBL no one really you know what is the, what is the NBA he he he's an he's an Olympic legend. He's an Australian legend. Like we all, everyone looked up to him like he was a god. And now people are seeing you know Ben Simmons, you know Joe Ingles, Patty Mills. They're all making millions of dollars. So with that being said, to wrap things up, you're done. With if you had to put together a starting five of Australians, who would it be? 
Starting this five. This is controversial. Joe Ingles is in it for me. List. I don't know who else. Uh, Joe Ingles is 100% in it. So Andrew Gaze is definitely got to be in it. Um, he's a big guard. So I would put him at the two. Patty Mills at the one. This is controversial, but I got Ben Simmons. I got a slot You Aussies hate Ben Simmons, too. <laughs> he's a good player. Like, at his, at his peak. Oh, we're talking at his peak, right? He's still got his peak. His peak's oh, coming. So we, are we doing all time or just all like time, right all now? Time, all time. Oh, all time. We'll peak Ben Simmons. Um, at the center, I'd have to say peak Andrew Bogut. And to round it out, Don't know. That's really tough. Oh, that's Joe Ingles. Joe yeah. Ingles. Yeah, that's five. That was easy. Solid that. bunch. <laughs> that's <a bit laughs> yeah, take a little bit. Not even gonna lie. But um, thank you, thank you for your time. Thank you for. I'm having gonna me. I'm gonna give you a real shout out. This kid's been working his butt off all summer. Aww. I'm giving him weird stuff to do during workouts. Trying to work on like being low. Apparently, four dribble combos ain't it. I learned my lesson <laughs> a month ago. Not for me. Um, that was like one of our first workouts. I threw that out, didn't I? Drew Lamello ball, inner Lamello ball. But um, nah, for real. Like, whatever you do, you'll be good at. You you work your butt off. Same with him though. But he's a bum. So so do you guys with the with the channel and everything. It's just it's just it's just going up. Yeah, mostly him. He does all the work. You you're the brains behind the operation. Oh, he course. just he Why he wants he? like an eighty five percent stake of the company and he does five percent of the work. <laughs> I told him to start this summer. I said, "Give me the channel for a month. I'll get us to as many subscribers as possible." And he and I was like, "If I do that, you have to give me ten thousand dollars and twenty percent of the company." <laughs> We're making no money. So so is it fifty fifty? Let's just like get no, this out the there. No, the work. Is this no 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 eighty twenty no, no. the, the, the company like we have like an official like do we have an official split here or is like, you you're just not in it? I would say eighty five fifteen. I would get I feel bad. That's what, yeah, this is the first time you don't even do fifteen. I, I tried to like like we were, we did the Atlanta video last Friday. Yeah, and great video by the way. Appreciate it. Watched it all the way through. I I lot lot of stake in that one for me. Um, <laughs> Bro, he did absolutely nothing. We got home. We got home at eight o'clock, and and he was. No, no, we got home at nine because we went out to dinner, and uh, I got home and I'm like, I'll help you with it. And I get over here, I go shower, I get back out. And I'm like, okay, what clips do you, you did you say you wanted for Trey Young? And he was like, I got it. I'm like. What? You're already done with it. <laughs> He's efficient, and uh, so I was like, yeah, I'm, "I'm really tired. I'm just gonna go to sleep." <laughs> but I was trying to help him with it. Like we were gonna do a team breakdown. We've been, I've been like pushing for the team breakdowns, but he's like, "Yeah, I got it." Like he gets in his like zones and he does videos at like two hours. So like, I'm not Jacob's <laughs> gonna take charge and do all the work. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we got team break. Like this next week is gonna be a lot of fun content. Hopefully. That's what we have to prep for all the movement happening. Yeah, this is this is being recorded on Saturday, July thirtieth, and um, we're going to try to do quite a few podcasts this weekend due to moving. Exciting. So uh, exciting. And a few videos. We're planning for big things ahead. 
marketer. Jay Sean Tate vid coming soon. What's the title of that video? No clickbait. <laughs> the best, the best undersized, undrafted forward. But thanks again for taking your time. Thank you so much. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening and hearing our rants about social media. But for more content, please check out previous episodes of the podcast wherever you get your like podcasts. and subscribe. Like and subscribe on YouTube, and we'll catch you in the next one. <laughs>